what's going on, everybody? I'd like to thank you all for tuning into the show. Got my crew with me, Darnell and Tyler. I'm Trey, and we are coming your way with the 42nd edition of the Don't Kill the Messengers podcast. First thing that we're about to get into today is the NBA. Um, been a pretty good week so far, just uh, to start the season off. Uh, what were you guys' thoughts on that Golden State uh, Spurs game that happened? Uh, season opener. Spurs sent a message <laughs> saying that they're not they're not dead and gone. They're still an elite team, and they can still lay a hammer. And they they did a good job in uh, building a better team from last year. I mean, they lost Duncan, who wasn't himself for that last season and gained a perennial All Star in Powell. I mean, <laughs> they they got uh, significantly better from last year. I got a question. Uh, well, real quick, uh, Tyler, do you have anything else to add to that? Yeah, you know, I, I think a lot of people expected Golden State to still try and find themselves. You know, Cleveland went through it last year uh, or two two years ago, and uh, you know, so really, it's just the idea that when you get these big teams together, you have to reformulate the way you're playing the game because you have to readjust to the new weapon you've added. So. I mean, I think the offense flowed pretty well uh, in terms of Golden State. Uh, they distributed the scoring kind of like I thought they would. Curry and Durant led the way. Uh, Thompson was not too far behind. Uh, so, I mean, really, I think we got what we expected out of Golden State, except the win. Uh, but, you know, San Antonio showed that they're going to play him tough every time. Doesn't matter if it's the first game of the season or the last. They know all 82 games count. Uh, nobody knows that more than, you know, the Spurs and Popovich. So, uh, like Darnell said, they sent a message. They played great. Uh, put up a lot of points, which we're not exactly used to seeing out of the Spurs. Uh, we're used to seeing them play some more lockdown D and slow other teams down. But, you know, they came out firing Kawhi Leonard, great first game of the year. Uh, LaMarcus Soldiers followed up as well. Uh, it'll be great watching those two kind of become the new faces of that franchise. Yeah. Uh, now, the, reason, the question I would like to ask you guys, you know, just, you know, first of all, this is just, that was just game one uh, of a long season. So teams are still going to get better, uh, still going to get chemistry and everything like that. Um, but just looking at this Durant trade, uh, excuse me, well, Durant uh, free agency pickup for the Golden State Warriors, they had to change a lot on their team. Uh, they have seven new players on their team. Um, just looking at this team, do you think overall they improved better last year um, with this um, pickup? You know, they, they got Durant. I understand that, you know, he's going to help them score. But do you think they – improve with rebounding defensive wise um just all other aspects of the game um just trying to go after and get Durant during a free agency uh, because they lost uh, other key players on their team too in order to pick them up I mean I think it's a net positive like I, I do think they're a more dangerous team they're more built to win a championship uh like Durant's not a bad defensive player himself yeah. Uh, they still like like they they did try to make some moves to help themselves on the interior, but I mean mm-hmm. we just we just have to see how they gel as a defensive team going into that late season. But I don't think you can 
possibly say they didn't make themselves more dangerous by getting another player to caliber of Kevin Durant. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I completely agree there. I mean, you're adding a guy with, you know, a wingspan over seven foot to play defense. I mean, I don't know any team that would say no to that. Um, you know, you already have Draymond Green, an elite defender, first team all defense, you know, defensive player of the year candidate again. You know, the idea that Clay Thompson plays above average defense, Curry plays average defense, and I would say Durant plays above average defense. So really, they upgraded the defense in their lineup. <clears throat> while upgrading the offense. So like Darnell said, net positive, but some areas you look at the negatives, you know, in my opinion, they lost depth. You know, you lose a player like Marie Spates, um, Bogut. Uh, granted, exchanging Bogut. you saw Bogut. that um, especially, you know, with that game because mm-hmm. um, the Spurs bench was just killing them. Uh, yeah, I mean. Their bench, so. Yeah, now, now to be fair, the Spurs had a player off the bench just go nuts. Yeah. So that probably won't happen. Again, but, um, you know, Patchouli and Bogut, you're kind of getting a wash there. You'll get a little more out of Bogut than you would Patchouli, I think, just because of uh, because of the, the age difference. You know, Bogut's a younger player. But, um, you know, like I said, off the bench, you know, you're bringing off Iggy, who I, you know, solid player still. He'll offer what you expect him to offer most nights. And then David West, who will be a nice little addition, but. Other than those two players off the bench, I don't think we're going to uh, – Livingston. Livingston's still on the team. So yeah. th- those three players coming off the bench are the only ones you're going to expect to do absolutely anything. So if anyone gets into foul trouble, you're going to just reconfigure that starting lineup basically and figure out how you can keep that one player in foul trouble out of it. Like you can have Durant handle the ball. Thompson can handle the ball. Green can handle the ball. So really that starting lineup is its own depth. Um, and adding Durant to that, like Darnell said, just makes him more dangerous. So positive, yes, but there are some negatives that could come into play if injuries hit this team, uh, especially a little later in the year, but they'll probably have such a big lead in the West Conference or a big enough lead to where not having all five in the starting lineup won't necessarily hurt them that much. This one key thing, uh, just you know, real quick. The one key thing that I see uh, that really helps them, um, Golden State, if they make it to the finals, um, which everybody basically has them doing uh, right now. Um, you know, Steph Curry, he has been playing just based on his finals performance. He has not been playing up to par. Uh, if you look at it, two times he was in the uh, finals. Um, mm-hmm. So, one thing that I say this really helps him. Uh, you know, if he can't you know, get the rock and score or anything like that. He has another beast he can look forward to on that team as well to help carry the load in Kevin Durant. So that's just one uh, big plus that I think will come out and help them, you know, because just looking at his uh, offensive stats in the finals, he definitely wasn't playing up the bar. You know, I know some people uh, believe, you know, with the injury, uh, his knee was bothering him uh, last season, but before that he still wasn't playing that well. So, Durant can really help carry the load. That, that wasn't happening again this year. Yeah. Uh, I mean, and this is a team that's built for the finals, I yeah. think. Mm-hmm. This team got put together for a playoff run. The 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 regular season is basically for them to figure out rotations, figure out how to, how to play together, figure out defensive schemes, figure out matchups situational type stuff so 
once it gets to that postseason, hopefully they'll be unstoppable. I'm pretty sure that's what uh, front office and Steve Kerr are. That's how they're looking at this team. I don't think they they ain't got to go for their record, man. Eight. No, I don't <laughs> think because I think that's what got them in trouble last year. Yeah, uh, yeah. Bringing bringing stuff back too early, uh, trying to push the issue to get to uh, seventy three wins. I I just think that's part of the downfall. Uh, Steph wasn't himself through the whole playoffs. They they rushed him back even uh, in the what was that the second round. Uh, mm-hmm. last year, and mm-hmm. you know, it, it gave them a little bit of an excuse for why he wasn't good in the finals. I still think uh, he's the best player in that team. He should have showed up more. Uh, but you you could say ankle or knee, something was bothering him. Some, some of the same for uh two years ago as well. But but like you said, Trey, he's had two straight mm-hmm. finals where he wasn't himself. So I think that was. That was probably something else they were looking at. Let's get another top five player that <clears throat> if if Steph falls apart again in the finals, we have another guy that's capable of scoring 40. Yeah, you know, I'll even take that a step further, you know, saying they worried too much about the record last year. You know, I, I think it's a given that they're in the playoffs. Um, but taking it a step further, I would even, as much as they would like to be the number one seed in the West, I don't think they're going to be so much focused on that as they will be getting in there and then just winning the games. Like, who cares at that point? Mm-hmm. Um, if they, I, I, if you don't have them as the one or the two seed, I, I'll, I'll then start to question your method. But one or two seed at this point, I think they know if they get into the playoffs in the position they want to be in, one seed, two seed won't matter because they should get to the finals with that lineup, no problem. Uh, unless unless the Spurs keep up this 129 points a game here, yeah, <laughs> then 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 there might be some questioning going on whether they're a shoe in for the finals. But you know, I like like Darnell said, when the record gets in the way, your that's your focus is the record, not necessarily your play. So I think at this point, one seed, two seed. They they'll they'll talk like they want the one seed because that's what you want to hear out of them. But I don't know that that's necessarily going to be number one on their list this year. Yeah. All right, guys. Now uh, LeBron James uh, he made some comments this week uh, talking about players joining teams to come and beat them. Uh, what were your thoughts on this when you first heard it? Well, you want to give a little taste of what the comments were. Um. Yeah, no, yeah. He he said. What I understand he said was, that teams I, get together to try to beat me. Yeah, um, I know t- teams switch and pick up new coaches or new players, and their whole goal is kind of they want to beat me. Um, it's never just about me, but I always hear them saying we got to beat LeBron. It's not just me on the court, but I understand the teams get together in this conference and across the league to try to beat me. Yeah. Um. I don't know if you if you saw my comments that would trace in and out text, but I was like, wait a minute. I recall you got together with a couple of your buddies to win the title. It's kind of like, it's almost a contradictory comment. It's like you're accusing other people of what you did. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't have a problem with them saying it because in reality, it's kind of true. Um, once... Once he went to Miami, that kind of opened the floodgates for everyone to attempt the same thing. 
But real um, quick, Ty, let me add, you know, if you look at those finals, every finals that he lost, it wasn't a team that uh, got together during free agency or anything like that. Golden State, no. that was by, you know, draft picks and guys earning it, and so was uh, San Antonio. Uh, the yeah. times they beat them too. So, hey, and and I and I I understand that, but my I guess what my point is is you're gonna go out, create a super team, win the title, and then say, well, I know everybody's doing it just to beat me. It's kind of <laughs> like, dude, you needed to do it first. Yeah, it's like I I understand it all, but it just kind of feels like a very out of place comment. Yeah, didn't really need I, to be said. I agree with you. Uh, it does, it's, it's kind of funny coming from him just cause, you know, one of the big issues everybody's had with LeBron as of late was you left Cleveland so you could build a super team, so you could get a ring, uh, so you could get past Boston and, uh, and get your ring. Yeah. Uh, but you have to look at it on the other side. It, it It's true. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, yeah, teams are putting their teams together to beat that team in Cleveland. He He's on the top of the mountain right now. Guy's been to, what, seven straight finals now or something ridiculous? Yeah. So, yeah, he, he, people are putting their teams together to get past LeBron. I mean, what, whatever team he goes on, he's the best player. So, that's just the thought process it's it's ridiculous it's crazy having it come from him because of his history but yeah now any other uh comments to add to discuss yeah just real quick like agreeing with you there darnell like since day one lebron's kind of had the target on his back but no one really took him super serious until he lost the first two finals and the the first finals he lost was just kind of like, okay, whatever, you know, he'll get back. And then lost the one with Miami, and then everybody loved that he was losing. So, I mean, he's kind of always had the target on his back. Um, but I guess if you're going to make the comment, the best time to make it's after you won the championship. So, yeah. better there than when than if he lost, then he just looks like a really sore loser. Yeah, a little, little bit of Kevlar on him since he, he actually <laughs> has the ring to say it. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. All right, now uh, who are you guys' top five players in the league uh, this year, uh, based on your opinion? Just a pin. Like, are are we gonna talk like who do you think are the best players? Or are we talking stats? Uh, just who do you think are the top five? You know, okay, players. Yeah. You want first Darnell or? Uh, I'm sure I can take it. Uh, whew, okay, so. So, so what we're counting down from okay. five to one? You yeah, put, you can do uh, five to one. Okay. Yeah. All right. So let me think about it here. I, I got to think about it in the right order just so I can reverse it. <laughs> you guys want to hear mine first? The yeah, help? Go for it. Okay. Sure. Go for it. Five, I got Durant. Four, I got LeBron. Three, I got Anthony Davis. Uh, Two, Westbrook. And one, Kawhi. Wow. Mm. So, yes. I'm Wait, looking at you, part can, of this. Can you repeat that list one more time? Okay. Five Durant. Okay. Four LeBron. Three Anthony Davis. Two Westbrook. Number one Kawhi. Hmm. Okay. Hmm. 
Anybody, just looking at this list, is, is there anything you would switch around uh, with this list based on mine? I mean, it's 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 not it's not a crazy top five, but it's. You guys it's think I should add a step in here? Uh, so I think I go. I mean, I I, I do. I have Durant at five as well. Uh, four, I go Steph Curry. Three, I go Kawhi. Two, I go Russ, and one, I have LeBron. Mm. Okay. No, the the difference between my list and your guys' list is I don't have Kawhi there just yet. Uh, I, I would have him in my sixth spot. Um, I guess I'll go ahead and just share my list real quick. I have Davis 5, Durant 4, Westbrook 3, Curry 2, and LeBron 1. Um, you, you said you had Curry 3 or 4? Four? 4. 4. Is that just because of his... Basically, like, I don't want to call it an inability, but his poorer defense. I mean, because offensively, the guy does everything you can ask for. Yeah, poorer defense, and then just the biggest spots. He's he's not himself. Yeah, you know, and 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 I think the reason I have him number two is because for the and I understand big moments. You need him there. Like I I I really understand that, but I I think. It's something he'll break out of. I, I think he has to be able to break out of it. Because if you can keep it up for 82 games, I, I'd almost think you have to. And I understand, like, you got to prove everybody wrong. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, LeBron went through it. Yep. So th- that's the reason I still have Curry in number two, is because I, I think offensively, he's what that team needs. They don't need him for the defense. I mean,. It's not like he's the worst defender either. He's not James Harden. No, yeah. Um, yeah. So, so I. And, and it's I, and a point I think guard that, driven league, yeah. though, man. I mean, yeah. You know, but but I but I think that's my crutch for putting him number two is the fact that that team doesn't need him for the defense. They have that piece. They have those pieces, you could say. Um, and and I think if you can pull it off, you know, making a a bazillion three pointers through eighty two games, you can do absolutely everything offensively. He's gonna lead. You know, he'll come very close if he does not lead this team in scoring. I think he will. Um, but, you know, I think Curry just uh, the the stuff he's doing offensively for, for me is too good to not have him in my top three. OK, I didn't have Curry, you know, in my list just because um, I understand what he can do uh, offensively. You know, just that defensive part. uh mm-hmm. That kind of, you know, all these guys, they can bring it offensively in there. I think they're better defensive players um, than him. So I put them over uh, Curry in my list. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, and, and I, and, and Trey, like, 
I don't understand why you have Kawhi one. Like I, I defensively, man, I, I, me. the he, dude's he has, a beast. Has a complete game. He does. He he really does. I'm not. I, I can't disagree with that. Through two games this year, he has like 65 points and like 16 rebounds or something like that. Like he's he's gone off for, through two games so far this year. And DeRozan just put down a monster slam. So we we could talk about him in a minute as an up and coming player, but you know just. It's the for me. It's the idea that I don't. I don't know that Kawhi Leonard. Why? Why I would have him in my number six position is Kawhi Leonard. To me, I don't know. I think I just need to see a little more out of him. I don't know if it's because he's not a flashy player or what, but sometimes I feel like he just kind of fades into the NBA. He's like the quietest player to do it right now. Yeah, I like, think part of that is due to that and, system. And, and, and I wonder. And I wonder if that's what kind of pulls off the lackluster for me. I mean, because if you look at his position, you see someone like a LeBron, a Durant, someone who's just dominating the media through big-time plays. And Kawhi Leonard's just like, hey, guys, you know, I'm putting up similar numbers, but you don't even see him doing it. Yeah, I can agree with that. I think a lot of... uh I guess as far as ratings go, I guess a lot of the Achilles heel for Kawhi is just he's he's quiet. He's amazing, but he's quiet about it, and he plays for a team where they're the, the face of that franchise is their coach. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, I mean, Popovich does all the talking for him, and everybody oh. else is quiet. I mean, I, their last leader... I don't think he got a lot of the credit he deserved until he was basically out of the league. And then with Tim Duncan, Duncan never really talked about anything. He was boring. He was fundamental. But he was arguably the best player of his generation. Uh, I mean, it's the debate between him and Kobe, but. Yeah, and, and I mean, those I'll. rings speak a lot for him. And, yeah. I'll piggy, and I'll piggyback to that thought and even say David Robinson was. The same way. Yeah. I mean, he, he he was a little more he was a little more vocal because he had a more of an outgoing personality. But but he, he, he never, was the most marketable out of all. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he but he never stole the spotlight. So uh, it's just kind of how the Spurs have always always been. Yeah, yeah. So, but uh, to 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 your point though, Trey, I would say Kawhi Leonard's by far the most underrated player in the NBA. Okay. I, I I don't I I agree I don't think he gets a lot of credit that he does deserve. He's starting to get it, and and he gets it in the NBA circles. Yeah. Uh, when when you like ESPN commentary, like they love him, and they won't be afraid to say it. But if you're if you're having an everyday NBA conversation, Kawhi Leonard's not one of the first six, seven, eight names you hear. Yeah. But 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 like I said. I think this season we'll see him start to get a lot of that. Um, I I just I for me, what I would like to see out of Kawhi Leonard to move him up my list is I would like to see him. And and I don't I don't mean this to be like face in the media all the time, but I want to see him on the floor. Intensity, like he he's shown moments, but I, I've seen him put down a huge shot or a big dunk and he just kind of jogs down the floor. It's kind of like, dude, show something for it. Like a little fire. Come on. So you like, want a little like, bit more flash then? A, a little bit. I mean, I okay. think that would get him that 
the extra notoriety. But I mean, if you see him, he's always got a stone face on him. It you know, would, but I mean, doesn't crack some, a smile. Some people don't have that. It's no, just yeah, it's not yeah, a part of their personality. Yeah, you're you're right, but and and I think to my point, he's kind of always been that underrated player, San Diego State University. Yeah. You know, he's kind of always been that under the radar guy, and I and I think he likes it to be honest. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it keeps him out of the spotlight. I mean, he, he's probably one of the few players in the NBA that. Can, go out to a mall himself and not get swarmed. That's that that's at that level of talent. Yeah. Yeah. So hey, you know, we all got different perspectives, so it's all good, man. <laughs> um any other things you guys would like to add real quick uh before we move uh on that's about the NBA? Uh well with both of you guys, I know you both had Davis and Doors. I just This was like kinda that. hard for me. This, to be honest, Darnell, I think with this one, um, I think this year he's going to get over that little injury hump that he's been yep. doing. So yeah. this was tough. Part of me was saying, you know, pick, um, put Curry in here and take Davis out. But I think this year, I think he's finally going to get over that injury hump. Well, yeah, because that one I questioned for a couple reasons. Uh, yeah. You brought up the first part. Yeah, the the injury proneness uh on top of he's on he's on a bad team which I can look past yeah. but he's not on the court to uplift that bad team yeah mm-hmm. so it's just like that that gives two strikes I can't put you on my top 5 if you're not on it's... the court making something happen for a team that's like this that needs you so much you're always yeah yeah missing half but... the season yeah, this I mean, was, yeah, like I said, this was tough for me because, uh, you know, with that, you know, with those injuries, uh, he's missing on, on a chance to go to the playoffs, uh, to get playoff experience and whatnot and, uh, see what pieces, uh, he needs around him that the organization, uh, can make, uh, to bring those pieces in to help them pursue a championship. Uh, but I, I was looking at it, you know, I, I think this was kind of a face, a faith based move for me. I think he's finally going to overcome. Uh, the injuries and uh, whatnot for this year. So that's why I put him in. But I could definitely see somebody putting Curry in over him. Uh, so that's why I picked it. This is kind of a faith, faith-based move for me. Uh, that's why. Yeah, you know, that's why I have him at my number five. But I think the reason I, I put him in there is because it seems like when he is on the floor, he shows you everything you want to see in a top-tier player. Yeah. He, oh, yeah, he, sure. He, he gets you the points. He gets you the the rebounds, the blocks. The unfortunate thing is, like you said, he almost spends more time off the floor than he does on the floor. But for me, I don't, I don't really know anybody else that puts up his type of production when they are on the floor. Um, and, and and especially when he does have these injuries, it's like he comes back from the injury and almost doesn't skip a beat. Yeah, that's true. I mean, he he's a freak of nature uh and his potential to be like he he has number one talent so yeah i, yeah, I think i'm not i'm not trying to just throw complete shade yeah, yeah yeah i mean you know he, i think potentially just looking at his talent i think he can go down as possibly the greatest power uh one of the greatest bigs of all time so yeah, he, uh, he, he has, has the talent, talent. It's and just, potential for that. Yeah, but it's just he doesn't have the resume for me to put him in a top five position. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's, he's definitely got the potential, but everybody else that I put up there, they've shown improved some. Yeah. Uh, okay. Maybe he made it to finals or won championships uh, and have done it in like all-star fashion getting there. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I, just, I, I can't put him with that group. Okay, okay. here, j- just a quick question. And since we need to move on, I just, I just want a name from both of you. One player you would like to see in your top five that is not there. My my name would be Damian Lillard. I I just think the guy's a stud. Yeah. Simple as that. I can I can roll with that. Uh, mine, James Harden. If he just played mm-hmm. a little bit of defense, <laughs> yeah, I, I, he he'd be there. He's probably I mean just off of his offensive ability and scoring mm-hmm. ability, he's probably still in that five or six range like him yeah. and Davis are right there with each other like mm-hmm. if he if he just stood in front of people I think he, <laughs> could, make his, he could make his way there yeah, yeah. Uh, for me um, you know I didn't have Curry so Curry I like to see a little bit uh, defensively for uh, defensive uh, plays from him this year and plus if he makes it to the finals I want to see him step up and show the people that you know all this flash and stuff that I was doing in the regular season, y'all are gonna see the same stuff in the uh, finals too. I want them to show up in the finals. But uh, two again with Darnell um, James Harden, um, I think this he's in a good position to truly show off his talents. You know, last week I had him uh, my favorite to get the MVP, but um, you know, as your leader, you the team, you know, your players around you are going to. Uh, Step up how you step up. You know, all you're focused on is offense, and you know you're not bringing the uh, trying to help defensively. Uh, you know, the role players around you. You know, why should we focus on that? So, I would love to see him. You know, get better defensively. Actually, you know, try harder to guard the people that's in front of him. You know, it doesn't matter if if you can go score on offense, and you know the person that you're guarding, you don't even try to defend them. They can easily put up points just like you did. You know, it truly doesn't matter. So, all right, about to get ready to go to the NCAA. Uh, talk about football. Uh, what were you guys' thoughts on Ohio State's loss last week? Shocking. You know, I think over the last couple of weeks we've seen Ohio State not necessarily take steps backwards because they were still winning, but they were kind of plateauing a little bit, letting some teams hang around. Now, granted, the game against Wisconsin, that was a top-10 matchup. Wisconsin proved they're for real team. Uh, just fell short against Ohio State. But Penn State, a classic trap game for a lot of Big Ten teams going in to uh, Penn State, Beaver Stadium, 100,000-plus people in a whiteout at night. That that that's a tough environment. I don't I don't care who you are. That's that's a tough place to go and win at night when when the lights come on. So you know Penn State just played a played a good game. Caught Ohio State not at their best and definitely took advantage of it. No, do you guys yeah. think they should have? Oh, go ahead, Darno. Oh no, I, was, I mean just to build on what Ty said, I was definitely surprised by it. Uh, Ohio State they. They've been basically a slow starter this year. They've they've let a lot of teams hang on for like a quarter or two, and then they go on and blow them out. I was expecting that, but it never happened. Penn State just kept playing uh, good defense with them and kept that 
scoring low enough, and mm-hmm. they went ahead and took care of business. And, you know, definitely a surprising win. Yeah. Now, do you guys think they should have dropped further down in the rankings, or you think that was a good enough drop for them? Yeah. Oh, go ahead. I don't. I think it was a pretty fair drop for them. I mean, they they have won the big games that were on their mm-hmm. schedule. They they beat uh Oklahoma when they were on the mm-hmm. schedule. They they beat Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I mean, that's at the time that's that's two big ten top ten wins on their schedule. So. Uh, mm-hmm. In a close watch to loss to a to a an improving Penn State team, so mm-hmm. I, I think it was, and they didn't get like blown out or something, even though it was a surprising loss. So I I, I think it was okay just to drop them down to six. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, I said it last week. Good wins cover bad losses. Um, I think you see more out of a team during a good win than you do a bad loss. I, I think Ohio State just kind of fell asleep at the wheel here. Nothing, really nothing more than that. Just got caught at a bad time. Um, granted, still a loss. Uh, I, I think nobody would argue that they're still a top, really a top five team in the country when it's all said and done. Um, but, you know, it's a big loss. You know, I, I told a couple of my friends, you know, this, this is big for, you know, my Michigan team in the, in the big picture because one more loss. And as long as Michigan plays them undefeated, they, they'll, be in the Big Ten Championship, so um, I'm hoping for another Ohio State loss, but I'm not going to bank on it because I know they're a really good team. Urban Meyer's going to get them ready this week against Northwestern, and I expect them to uh, take care of business. All righty. Uh, now, what's, what are you guys' uh, key game that you're going to watch this week? Well, I think one doesn't need to be said. Yeah, we'll get to that in a little bit. <laughs> All right, uh, but I, I think the big one. Uh, well, there there's a couple big ones this week because the last time I said the big one, I didn't name the big one. So uh, the one I'm I'm intrigued in because you know we're we're in the Big Ten country is Wisconsin versus Nebraska. This will be the time to see one is Wisconsin the real deal because if they lose this one, I think we may have misjudged it a little bit. Uh, we we have all said we don't think Nebraska's as good as their record shows. But, hey, maybe it's just their year. Maybe it's their year to run the table on that side of the conference, kind of pull in Iowa and get to the Big Ten Championship game. But I, I think that game's going to be highly anticipated. I think a lot of people are going to tune into that one. And uh, I think a lot of people are going to be pulling for Wisconsin to uh, do the upset. Yeah, uh, I agree. I think I think that's actually the marquee game of the weekend. Oh. Uh, seven versus 11. I know Big Ten football still has a little bit of stigma on it, but I mean, this is a heavyweight fight here. Uh, And I I think, I think people still do think Wisconsin's a very solid team. I mean, they've had two losses to two top five teams right now, so I don't think anybody's calling them a bad team. I think this is where we Mm -hmm. see it if Nebraska is really deserving of this top ten, right? yeah, okay. uh, that's fair. If they if they do business and beat Wisconsin, we do learn that Wisconsin's on that second tier of the Big Ten, but mm-hmm. uh, which which I think we learned that anyway since they lost to Ohio State and Michigan. Mm-hmm. Um, but 
we we also learn is if Nebraska's can be considered with that upper tier. Uh, yeah, Nebraska's been basically a disappointment so far since they've been come to the Big Ten. They haven't made the waves and done what people expected of them. This wasn't the Cornhuskers of the early to mid nineties that was winning national championships. They were kind of a team that you had to prepare for, but nobody expected them to really be dangerous come late in the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're showing that they may, may have finally put a team together that can do that. So uh, I'm mm-hmm. very interested in this to see, uh, cause you know, uh, before the season started, everybody was just going, okay. Big Ten Championship is coming out of the West and mm-hmm. we'll, uh, we'll out, of see, out of East, I mean, and, and we'll yeah. see, we'll see whatever happens on, on the other side. Who, who gets, who's that lamb led to slaughter? Uh, mm-hmm. Wisconsin, if Nebraska can look good versus Wisconsin, they can kind of use that as a, a measuring stick, uh, to see how they possibly compare, uh, to Michigan and Ohio State. Yeah, um, and then I think we can all agree the other game, not necessarily uh, the same effect, but uh, I think if you're in the ACC country, you're looking at Clemson-Florida State. I think that game's still going to be very highly anticipated. I'm definitely going to be flipping between the two. Um, You know, I I think this is going to be a game where Florida State's going to be hungry. Uh, they need Clemson to lose. So what? A, what's a better time to have them lose than against you when you need a win? Um, so I, I think this game, you know, Sean Watson will need to be big. Florida State's going to come ready. They're gonna they're gonna want this one real bad. I, I think this game's gonna be very physical. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if we see a lot of scoring though. Um, both offensive both offenses have proven they can score the ball. So. Are we going to see a sluggish Clemson team that we've seen the majority of the year, or are they going to come out and handle business like they should and win the game? I mean, that's going to, I think that'll be the story because if they win, is it going to be, did they handle it or were they sluggish? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> All right. Now let's get to both your guys' teams. Uh, you know, this UM versus Michigan State game. Uh, what are your thoughts on this Matt rivalry uh, coming up tomorrow? Every every game's a big one. <laughs> they all matter. <laughs> like, and, and you know, when it's the old saying, when it comes to a rivalry, records are out the window. And I, as as much as I like talking about uh, Michigan is a huge advantage. Michigan State's two and five, five in a row, you know, all this and that. You know, in reality, both both teams want this one real bad. Um, Michigan wants it because they feel that the game was stolen from them last year. Uh, they want to keep their playoff hope alive. Uh, losing this one would be deemed a bad loss. Um, so basically, Michigan's playing for their for their record, for their pride for their reputation their national ranking um, and a lot of times when it when all the team's doing is playing to spoil they come out with a pretty good game uh penn state proved it you know they they spoiled ohio state's weekend so a- anything can happen uh, just both both teams i think will come out 
aggressive. I think we're gonna we're gonna be up for an exciting an exciting four quarters. Uh, hopefully, at least an exciting half. I mean, as much as I'd love for a blowout, I don't, <laughs> as much as I would love it, uh, I I don't see it happening super fast. So, but you know, it's a rivalry game. You always look forward to it, no matter what. So, it'll be a fun day. Yeah, uh, I mean, I I come into this. I'm I'm being honest about this game here. Uh, this game is probably just I would assume in the Michigan State locker room they're looking at this as like this is one of the last things they have to play for right now. Uh, the season is a disappointment. That's about all you can call it right now. Uh, there's no way to shine this turd that they've put out uh, through seven games. So. Uh, I just think the thought process is now let's see if we can get uh, a couple bright bright spots in this. Let's see if we can maybe play spoiler against uh, the game that is usually circled. Uh, it's not looking like it'll happen. Uh, I don't think anybody is, uh, is picking with confidence that Michigan State is going to win this, uh, but... They they showed some small signs of fixing some things last week. They they actually did an okay job run blocking last week. That was a a good thing. Uh, Michigan State uh, Michigan's on another level defensively though, so we'll see it, how that transfers uh, into this game. But I, I do assume they're at home. They don't want to get embarrassed on their home field, so mm-hmm. I think they'll they'll come out. Uh, Intense. Uh, they're going to be focused. They, they, they would like to see if they can, you know, if, if you, you feel a little bit better if you can ruin your rival season and make sure they don't mm-hmm. get to, uh, the playoffs. Because I think a loss to Michigan State basically would put Michigan out of the playoff hunt. Uh, so I, I think that's basically what the goal is here. Uh, they're probably throwing a lot of their eggs in this basket to see what they can do. A lot of emotion is going to be into this game. Uh, we'll see if it just turns into too much talent against not enough. Uh, I, I think we'll see that soon enough in the game, or maybe later you see that death becomes a factor. But I, I think that's basically how we're looking at it uh, in East Lansing right now. Mm-hmm. No, what will be the uh, key to your squad's victory uh, this game? Yep. For for Michigan, I think what they need to do is just keep keep focused, keep their heads on straight, don't try to do anything out of character. Uh, they've scored over 40 points in every game except the Wisconsin game. So really stick with what you've been doing. Uh, this This one's real cliche, just protect the football. The last thing Michigan wants to do is turn it over in in their own territory, uh, allow for some easy points for Michigan State, let them gain a little momentum at home. Uh, and I'm even talking a couple early field goals. I feel like if if Michigan State's getting on the board, that just rolls a little bit of momentum, especially off of turnovers. So, you know, if Michigan can run the ball effectively, protect the ball, uh, and just do what they've been doing all year, I I really like their chance. Yeah, uh, I mean, I think Michigan State has to shorten the game up, so mm-hmm. they have to hope that they can run the ball 
Uh, I think it's I think their best thing that they can hope for to try to stay close and have a shot to win this is ball control. So uh, making things work on, on, in the running game so they can control the time of possession. And on defense, they have to find a way to get to uh, Wilton Spate. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that's been the Achilles' heel. They haven't been able to pass rush, and and third down is going to be the biggest issue for the defense. They haven't been able to get off the field. Uh, if, if if they can get Michigan in third long situations, they have to figure out how to keep them from getting those first downs. If if they can do that, they may have a shot. Uh, team does still have some talent on it. Uh, Might have been uh, over over-evaluated going through the offseason or or just something's not connecting uh, with the team, especially on the defensive side. But I think those are the key factors. They have to find a way to get to the quarterback, and they have to get off the field. Yeah, you know, I had the conversation with my dad a couple of weeks ago. I told him, Michigan State doesn't beat you by out – you know, obviously they outscore you when they win. But they don't beat you by scoring a ton of points. They don't beat you by absolutely killing your game plan. They beat you because they'll control the ball for 30 or 40 plus minutes of the game. They run the ball effectively when they win. They Their offensive line succeeds when they win. It's it's all about ball control for them. And, I, and I'll agree with that, with that point. Because, I mean, if you look at Michigan State's... Uh, nor if you look at a normal team I'm like look at last year's team or the year before that if you look at all their games just look at the time of possession they're winning that by 10 plus minutes mm-hmm. like that's that's a good recipe to win the game so I, I agree with that point and that's the point I would have made um, if I were on your side of the of the stadium here yeah. all, all right, right guys, guys you guys ready, ready for the pickles all right, Darnell, he's ahead 19 out of 28, and me and Ty, we are tied for 17 out of 28. First game, uh, let's get to it, Michigan versus Michigan State. Give me Michigan. <laughs> All right. Just because I can't fix my mouth to say it, give me State. <laughs> wow. It makes it a little more fun, too. Okay, <laughs> I'm going to go with Michigan. Um. Hey, hey, Darnell at least has one one game to give. He's got two yeah. game lead. <laughs> All right, hey man, never count out those robberies. So we'll see. Yeah, uh, saw what happened last year. Yeah. Uh, up next we have Nebraska versus Wisconsin. Uh, Wisconsin they have a minus eight lead in the spread. Give me Nebraska. I don't know. Just it seems like every year one team finds a way to do it. Last year was, uh, you know, Michigan State found a way to do it quite often. Iowa found a way to do it. So give me, give me Nebraska. All right. This one's tough for me, just as I still don't quite trust Nebraska. Uh, and Wisconsin's look good, except for against two elite teams. Uh, I guess Nebraska's gonna have to prove me wrong and take. Uh, Wisconsin, close game, but I'm going to take Wisconsin 27-24. And for the record, it's not like I trust Nebraska either. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just saying they're finding a way to get it done, so I'll take them. All right. 
Um, up, up next, next we have Auburn. Who you, who you picking? Oh, oh um, I, I, I got, got Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Uh, okay. Wisconsin in this one um, as well. They get home, and I think they're going to be able to pull it off against the Nebraska. So, okay. Up next, we have Auburn uh, versus Ole Miss. Uh, I uh, publicly said it on Twitter. I'm done picking Ole Miss. Give me Auburn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I got I got the Tigers too on this one. Uh, got them. Uh, you gonna give us another the War Eagle? Thirty-one twenty-eight. Huh? Are you gonna give us another the War Eagle? A what? Another the War Eagle? No, no. <laughs> Once was enough. <laughs> you get one. You get one. Oh man! I'm gonna go with Auburn as well, man. We're gonna see Bad Kelly. Uh, he's really been Bad Kelly this whole uh, whole season, but uh, I'm gonna go with Auburn. Um, up next, we have Washington versus Utah. Who do you guys have? Yeah, I think Washington's for real. So uh, I think they're poising themselves for the Pac-12 championship game and a shot at the playoffs. So I'll stick with Washington like what Coach Peterson's doing up there. He's got that, that ship righted. And uh, I think they'll they'll control this one. Utah's uh, running back, I believe, is coming off a huge week. But uh, I'll, I'll still stick with Washington. Good offense, good defense. Uh, I'll pick them by at least a couple scores. Uh, I'll take them 35 to 17. I'm going to go with the Huskies, too. Uh, they've, they've impressed me probably more than just about any team this year. Oh, yeah. Uh, so Utah, 7-1, coming in the game. Uh, they're a solid team, but I think Washington should win this going away. So I will go with Washington 31 20. Okay. I'm, I'm going to go, go with Washington, Washington um, as well. I think, I think they're, they're going to win, win by 10, uh, by at least 10. So yeah, I have uh, them winning uh, 30 to 20. Last but not least, uh, Clemson versus Florida State. Who do you guys got? Uh, Clemson, they have a minus uh, four and a half lead for the spread. Yeah, I'll take uh, I'll take Clemson. I think I think they'll rise to the occasion like they did against Louisville. Play a pretty good game. Score the ball. Deshaun Watson will look pretty good. Uh, big lights, big stage. That appears to be when he likes to show up the most. So I'll take the uh, Clemson Tigers. Yeah, I'm taking Clemson too uh, in a shootout. Uh, I think. Uh, Deshaun Watson has one of those games to say, I'm, I'm back, look at me, I'm a lead again. And uh, But I, th- I think Florida State will be game for this one. It's a big game mm-hmm. for them. Yeah. But, but I, I think it's more of a shootout type game. So uh, Clemson 41-37. All righty. I have... Florida State winning this one. Um, I think, you know, they're at home. I think it's going to be time for them to shine. Clemson, they have been in some battles this year. Uh, they've won some close games. I just think uh, it's finally going to get to them uh, with that tough Florida State crowd. Uh, I think Florida State's going to bring it, so I think it's going to be a close one. I have Florida State winning 38-35. Uh, to 35. All right, guys, anything left um, 
Dad, 40 NCAA. Nope. All right. Up next, we're about to get into the NFL. Uh, first and foremost, what were your thoughts on that ugly Seattle versus Arizona game? <laughs> Kickers are valued. <laughs> like, I, I think we kind of got what we expected. Two of the better defenses in the NFL played phenomenal games. Uh, neither team let the other really gain any momentum offensively. Uh, you know, Carson Palmer having a down year, but the Seattle defense still shutting him down. Uh, David Johnson doing all of his work in between the 20s. Uh, still had a pretty good game, too. Uh, and then in terms of the Seattle offense, they just couldn't really get much going. They were forced, that, that defense was forced to get uh, the better of the Arizona offense when Arizona would start in their, in their uh, half of the field. So really, the Seattle defense played Super Bowl caliber defense. Just the offense isn't there for that team right now. Uh, they don't, I mean, Jimmy Graham's starting to really find himself in that offense, but uh, Christy Michael doing the same, but they, they just couldn't get anything going. And it, it really, the game almost got to a point where it was hard to watch because the offenses literally couldn't do anything because the defenses were playing that good. And I think that just shows how spoiled we are as NFL fans with a lot of really the great offenses we have in the NFL that when we see a good defense, we think it's a boring game. Yeah. So, so really, it, for all intents and purposes, it was a really good game. It was enjoyable if you got over the fact that neither team was going to do anything offensively. But, you know, when we got to overtime in those final couple minutes, that that was just ugly. I mean, missing 20 yarders, 25 yarders. Yeah. Those are chip shots. Yeah, I mean that that's the where the issue is there. Yeah, for the first four quarters it was that defensive battle. But uh over time it turned into a debacle. Uh, <laughs> where it's just like these are supposed to be the best players on the planet right now and you're missing twenty yard field goals. Uh so hey, Randy Moss made them in some dress, dress shoes and everything. And everything so. Yeah. yeah. So it's like <laughs> So that's where it was like, come on, like and I mean, yes, it was like I said, the first four quarters was the defense is going at it, bending but not breaking, uh, and doing their best to give their offenses a chance. But this was one of those games where you were like, "This is why the NFL's TV ratings are dropping right here." It just like it it seems to just be a going trend with the NFL having bad luck in their primetime games. Yeah. They're not they're not getting the ones that are that will be dramatic for the casual thing. Yeah. Like, with us three watching, yeah, we'll watch a game like this. I mean I like I mean it's not NFL but Trey, you you'll remember back. I love that nine to six LSU Alabama game. Yeah. yeah. Four yeah. years ago. Like I just thought it was two teams that were just that good going at it but just if you're that casual fan that just wants to see a football game and see some action and you turn on the tv those people were changing the channel yeah that game it was just like okay well 
I'm not seeing the ball flying. I'm not seeing those long touchdown passes. I'm not seeing, I mean, David Johnson did his best, but hey, no touchdowns. I'm changing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that game was a big example of that. And the cherry on top, like I said, was overtime just looking like a high school game once I got there. Maybe worse. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Now, you know, they did go into overtime. Uh, this game did end in a tie. Um, you guys think the NFL should still uh, make efforts to improve their overtime rules and everything? And if so, what should they do? Use the college rules, but just push <laughs> the teams back. I don't get why people don't like that. So yeah. would you? where would you have them start? Like midfield? Like yeah, I, start the forty like, or fifty or something like that, just because they're NFL teams. So and the kickers have a lot more leg for basically mm-hmm. every team. Not that game, of course, but uh, yeah. but I just I, it's the NFL, so everybody's a little bit better. So yeah, I I could I think sudden death is just stupid anyway. Is people complain when somebody says it's unfair, but. Just because, okay, if, if you can get a stop on your first drive or if you score on your first drive, we'll let the other team have a chance. No, just even it up. You get it at the 50. If you score, they get it at the 50. If they don't score, game over. If you keep going back and forth, I think that's more entertaining. I think that will drive up ratings. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I would not have a problem seeing them change it. Kind of like you said, I, I find it kind of ridiculous that, like, if you score a touchdown, it's over. But if you score a field goal, then the other team gets a chance. Yeah. I mean, there, it, it's almost like a technicality. It's like if you're good enough to score a touchdown, then, oh, okay, you win the game. But if you're not, mm-hmm. then make a field goal and hope the other team doesn't come down and score a touchdown. It's like it, it, either the first team to score wins or the, they don't. Like, make the rule the rule. Don't give technicalities. I mean, in reality, even if they made it, if the, if you make a field goal, you win. If you score at all, you win. It's like okay, that's fine by me because at least, you know, it's 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 not okay. You have to do this, or the other team gets a shot. It's like either give both teams a shot or don't. Yeah, it's like, like they're trying I, I to have okay. it both ways. And yeah, yeah. Like, so no. like, <laughs> like I would be cool with one or the other. I'm I'm not cool with having this scenario scoring going on but like like you said i would be cool driving them back to the 50 and go like both teams get one chance you know if you both score the same then you keep moving like i'm cool with that but my my other opinion which counters this is somebody should have won that game that game should not have ended in a tie yeah so really the overtime it works. We've had what two ties in the last whatever since this overtime format has been implemented. So two ties out of how many games that have gone to overtime, it's kind of like it, it works because you don't get a lot of ties. So I remember one of those two ties, the quarterback for one of the teams didn't know you could tie in a football game. That yeah. is true. <laughs> so, so I mean, I I see both sides. I don't like. And I like how you phrased it, having it both ways. I don't like that. So I'd, I'd, I'd prefer to see one or the other. But in fairness to the NFL, somebody should have won that game. Yeah. 
definitely agree with that. All right, guys, last but not least, uh, you know, watching TV one day, I was specifically looking at the uh, MLB, uh, looking at Cleveland Indians, looking at the success of the uh, Cavaliers, uh, you know, looking at the Indians, Indians game, I was like, okay, this team, this uh, city has the potential to be named like the best uh, city in sports right now. And then I thought about it, I was like, okay, but they have the Cleveland Browns. Uh, just <laughs> looking at this team, do you guys think they're going to win a game this year? They're all seven right now. This is your final thoughts. I, go ahead. This, oh, the Browns, the Browns. <laughs> like, you almost feel bad for them with all the good that's going on in Cleveland. The Browns are still the Browns. Yeah. They're on their fifth quarterback now? Fourth? Uh, I think it's more than that. I mean, either way, it's bad, man. It's fourth or fifth quarterback. I mean, I know Terrell Pryor's been in there, and now they're down to Kevin Hogan, who played well, but, you know, Browns are the Browns. They still lost. But, oh, God. Like, the the Cubs are even in the World Series this year. This is like, <laughs> are you guys gonna win a game? It's, it's like I said, I, I I'm not usually like a I empathize with people. I don't empathize with sports teams and franchises. But like, mm-hmm. I actually I actually feel bad for them right now. It's just like it's like you're in a family and like one brother's a doctor, one is a lawyer, and you're homeless on the side of the street asking for <laughs> pain. Yeah. That's, that's what the Browns are right now. Yep, yep. The, the you, other... you got a UFC heavyweight champion, so you got exactly. your cousin over there that's a real estate broker that's doing well, but yeah, you... Yeah, the other analogy being the ugly girl at prom standing on the wall. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you, you know, right, I, I, think, I think this is almost a better question. Will, okay, will they win another game before they have to start another quarterback than the one they're starting this week? Oh, God. <laughs> like, when you have to start asking questions like that, <laughs> I think your odds are they're not going to win a game. <laughs> yeah, I mean, right. okay, but, but let's be serious. They'll probably pull one off late in the year against a team that's also way out of it that's trying to save their franchise players and the Browns just go, Oh, well, we're going to throw everything at them this week. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so I wouldn't be surprised if they win one, but I wouldn't give them more than the, more than that. Not going to agree with that. I can't say for sure. They'll win one. <laughs> yes. it, it, it's hard to say they're going to win one. It really is. Yeah. It's been a bad one, guys. Well, and, and it's the fact that, like, they they struggled to score the ball. They struggled to stop people from scoring the ball. Like, they, they make average teams look good. It's and, and it's the thing is, is they have talent all over that field. It's like Isaiah Crowell's having a good year. Terrell Pryor's having a good year. They have... Uh, What's the name of their offensive line? Joe Thomas. Joe Thomas. Yeah, you yeah, have a top a five left tackle. You got you Joe still got a top ten cornerback. 
it's it's like this team has talent. They just I I I don't know if they just don't know how to develop it, produce it. This team has talent, but they're the Browns. That's not on. Yeah, you know, I have said it before. I just believe some franchises are cursed. That some franchises are just losers, and they're one of them. Unfortunately, the Lions are one of them too for me. So it's not like I'm just trying to put shade all over them, but well, some, I mean, some people are losers, and that's the Cleveland Browns. But usually, one of the things you can say if you're a Lions fan is, "At least we're not the Browns." Yeah, at least we won. At least we have a winning record right now. Yeah. I mean, they, they, there was that one year where the Browns could say, "At least we hey. won a game." Yeah. But, hey, oh, we got Matthew Stafford out of that. So, yeah, yeah, yeah man, it's, it's a, a tough, tough one, man. man. I, you know, what, what can, can you say? For sure. But all right, guys, guys you guys ready, ready for the NFL, NFL picks? picks? Yeah. You yeah, said so what, Darnell? I was just saying, everything is going right in that city, but Damn, yeah, yeah, so. yeah, sure. All right, you guys, guys ready to close it out with pickles? Let's do it. All right. Uh, first and foremost, y'all know the deal: Detroit, uh, Lions versus the Texans. Hey, hey, yeah. hey! Say, say, say what the scores are, the rankings. <laughs> oh, oh, oh! Here this guy go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, number one, we got Darnell, 14 out of 29. Uh, second, we're tied, uh, me and Tyler, we're tied 13 for 29, but uh, I'm going to be number one. Okay, so first we have Detroit at Houston. Houston have it. Uh, Houston has a minus two and a half lead for the spread. Who do you guys have? I will go with the Detroit Lions because that two and a half spread has to be because of that defense because it's definitely not because of Brock Osweiler. I don't care if they're the Steelers like because of their offense. How are they favored? Yeah. Especially after how they recently have looked with like you mentioned Brock Osweiler. How are they favored in this game? Mr. 72 million. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I mean I I I'd find myself picking the Leos in this one, too, uh, since all of a sudden Matt Stafford has turned into Joe Montana. Yeah, uh, greatest quarterback in the league, man. Jim yeah. Bob Cooter. Yeah. <laughs> and Cooter we trust. Yeah. Take that however you want. Yeah. All right, yeah, I'm going to go with Detroit, too. Uh, I think they're going to pull it off. Uh, yeah, that Houston offense is not hot right now, so I think – Detroit, they'll find a way to pull it off. And um, also, also with Lamar Miller potentially being out, uh, that could be a benefit for Detroit. Uh, Alfred Blue, still a good running back, but still not Lamar Miller. Yeah. Up next, we have Philly versus Dallas. Um, Dallas, they have a minus four lead for the spread. I'll take I'll take Dallas on this one. I'm gonna. Take Darnell's team. I mean, he picked mine, so it's only fair I pick his, right? <laughs> yeah. No, but but seriously, Zeke Elliott, stud. Uh, I believe he's leading all running backs in rushing yards, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, and then Dak Prescott just doing his thing, finding finding Mr. Cole Beasley out there. So give me the uh, give me the Cowboys. All right. Yeah, I'm rolling with the Cowboys as well. Uh, I mean, I think it's it's an NFC East matchup, so. 
uh, tensions will be high on this one. Uh, both teams will be uh, coming out firing and, you know, match up a first-round rookie quarterback yeah. getting all money versus the fourth-round shocker. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think that comes out, you know, he has something to prove. Des Bryant's supposed to be back and finally mm-hmm. fully healthy, so Cowboys should have their full complement on offense. Uh, you got Jason Witten looking to uh, set a tight end record. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to roll with Dallas. And I think they're rolling. They have things going their way. This one was uh, tough for me. Um, I'm going to go with Philly in this one. Uh, I do understand the Cowboys are clicking with Prescott and Elliott. Um, however, uh, under, I hate Darnell's teams. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> under, yeah, you know, possibly, you know, under Jason Garrett, um, at home, they are one and five against uh, Philly. So I'm going to go with Philly. I'm going to look at those, and I think uh, Philly is going to pull it off. So I'm going with Philly. Look at that stat pulling out right there. Okay. <laughs> All right. Up next, we have Green Bay versus ATL. Who do you guys have? Atlanta, they have a minus three lead for spread. Yeah, uh, Green Bay kind of had an interesting week last week. I mean, they were clicking on offense, but it wasn't to Jordy Nelson. So that, that, was, that was a little surprising. So is Jordy going to get more involved this week? I don't know. It's going to be tough to tell. What's going to happen with that run game? Is it going to be Niall Davis, who they signed last week? Is it going to be Ty Montgomery again? You know, just just a lot of what-ifs going on right now with that, with that Green Bay squad. Was that just kind of a one-week performance out of Aaron Rodgers? Is it what we're going to see out of him for the rest of the year? Um, I'm actually going to pick Green Bay. Uh, I I think they figured some things out last week, and if they can get Jordy Nelson involved in what they did last week, that'll only make them better. Uh, I do like Atlanta, though. Uh, I think Atlanta's (laughs) going to be able to move the ball. looks like Tevin Coleman won't be playing this week, so no question as to what's going to happen with the run game. It's going to be Freeman a lot. Uh, I expect him to be more effective in the passing game, though, but I'm, I'm still going to go with uh, Green Bay. All right. Yeah. Uh, first off, let me say thanks, Green Bay, for killing my uh, fantasy team by not throwing the ball to Jordy Nelson last week. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> totally appreciate that. But uh, I am still going to pick them. Uh, I think this matchup kind of plays uh, well for Green Bay. Uh mm-hmm. With, especially with uh, Tevin Coleman being uh, hurt with a hamstring injury. Uh, Atlanta said they're probably just going to give him a break, uh, which means Freeman gets most of the work. One running back to focus on mm-hmm. Green Bay has a monster. Uh, they're, they're good Bloody at run stop. Yeah. Outside of the game against Dallas, they've, I don't think they've allowed a 100-yard rusher. Mm-hmm. So, I think this one plays more into their wheelhouse. They can try to make Atlanta one-dimensional. Uh, Julio Jones will probably get his, but mm-hmm. as long as they can make sure that's the only receiver that get, goes off on them, mm-hmm. I think that plays well. Aaron Rodgers seems to be figuring <clears throat> things out for himself. He's looking a little better. Uh, he's been having probably one of his worst st- statistical seasons he's had. Uh, up until up until last week, so 
uh, I think they keep that rolling and, and Green Bay pulls out a victory here. And the Atlanta defense is quite poor. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. I'm actually I'm going to go with Atlanta on this one. Um, I just think, uh, you know, I understand what you guys are saying with Green Bay. Just going to trust that they're at home. And I think uh, Ryan, he's going to find a way to move the chains uh, with passing the ball. Um, so I think you're going to be able to uh, air it out against Green Bay. I just think he's going to just going to have uh, a good time moving the chains against Green Bay through there. So I think got to land in this. And up next we have New England at Buffalo. Yeah, I'll take New England big. <laughs> big. Okay. Uh, lo- lo- well, looks like McCoy won't play, so the best player on their offense is going to be out. Yeah. And uh, Brady's back. He's done nothing but looked great since coming back, and Belichick just knows how to chew up division opponents. So I'm gonna go with with uh, New England on this one. Yeah, I'm I'm going with New England as well. Uh, Buffalo will probably playing a little tough early. Uh, like I said, due to who their coach is, that's that's a game that's always circled. <clears throat> they excuse me, uh, Rex Ryan always has a intricate uh, defensive game plan for the Patriots to try to uh, confuse Tom Brady, confuse Bill Belichick. Uh, but I just think talent-wise, New England just has too much for them. So they win this one. Uh, pull away late. And they take it. All right. Yeah, I think New England has this one uh, as well. I'm going with New England. Uh, Buffalo did beat them earlier. Uh, this year, but you know, they were experienced with the quarterbacks, even though they were doing pretty good. So, I think Brady, I'm going to trust Brady and Belichick in this one to um, pull it off. So, got to go with New England. And last but not least, we have Kansas City versus the Colts. Who do you guys have? Yeah. I'm going to go. I'm going to go with the Colts on this one. Um, I don't know. Kansas City struggled with the pass a little bit this year, and if there's one thing that Indy does well, it is pass the ball. Looks like they have Dante Moncrief back this week, so that'll really help Andrew Luck give him a better receive, a better number two option uh, behind T.Y. Hilton. Uh, Frank Gore's played well as of late. Uh, the defense for Indianapolis has picked it up. Uh, they, I mean, they're still not great by any stretch of the imagination, but they're starting to do do better than uh, the four touchdowns they gave up against Detroit Week One. So, um, I'm I'm going to take Indy on this one. All right. All right. Well, this this is the one where we part ways. I'm uh, right. with Kansas City here. <laughs> uh, I have to check that. Yep. I'm, I'm going with with safe to win this one. Uh, going back to the preseason preview, I, I said this was a season where. Andrew Luck kind of had to step up and show and prove, kind of put the team on his back uh, to earn the praise he's been getting. Uh, you look at this team's record and some of the teams they have lost to, I don't think he's earned that yet. Yeah. Uh, he, he, he's still, <clears throat> I, I think, throw, trying to arm some passes that he shouldn't be making where there's better options. and I, I think that continues this week. Uh, the team tried to play up. And they, they did better offensively last week. Uh, still didn't get the outcome they wanted, but uh, I, I, just, I think Kansas City is just a more disciplined team. Than they take it out. Yeah, I'm going to go with uh, 
Kansas City as well. You know, I think they're uh, more disciplined, like you said, uh, Darnell. Like I said before, uh, they're a boring team, but they get the job done. So they're going to find a way to uh, just go get on the uh, field and uh, win against uh, Indianapolis. Uh, you know, like you kind of said, too, Darnell, Indy has lost some games um, this year where I believe they should have won. So I think Kansas City, they're going to come in there this uh Full, just when full gears going, just go out there and find a way to win. So, I'm gonna go with Kansas City. All right, guys. So, so, so I'm the only one taking the good luck, Andrew Luckbeard. Yep. <laughs> All right. It's cool. It's cool. <laughs> All right, man. Uh, do you guys have any final uh, thoughts? Um, you know, what NFL, um, NCAA, NBA. We've got anything left to say about the Cleveland Browns or, you know, whatever. No. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm that. I, I'm going to say no. <laughs> I think we took the big enough dumps on Cleveland uh, for this show. Uh, I just I hope my school doesn't make me drink myself into oblivion on Saturday. Yeah. Like I said, man, it's a rivalry game, man. Anything can happen. So it's, you know. A lot of people, you know, they got a minus, uh, Michigan has a minus 24 and a half, uh, lead from spread, but you know, rival, they call them rivalries for a reason, man. Anything can happen. That is true. All no, right, guys, as always, uh, <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, guys, as always, uh, appreciate you guys tuning in. Um, <clears throat> You can find us on Twitter at DKM underscore cast. You can also find the show uh many outlets, uh YouTube, iTunes, Stitcher, uh Google Play. Just hit up that search box, uh Don't Kill the Messengers podcast. Uh we can uh we should pop up. So also real quick I wanna give a shout out to my cousin, uh Derek. Uh if you guys are interested in cars, um he has a YouTube channel um called the Black Scat Pack. I would advise y'all to check it out if y'all like cars. So, but as always, I appreciate y'all tuning in. Y'all take care and have a good one. Peace. He got up. He got on y'all too for picking uh, against LSU last week too. Oh, for real. And that's when I publicly said I will (laughs) never pick Ole Miss again. Yeah, man. Uh, What's his name? Uh, Yeah, Chad Kelly, dude. I don't think he's mentally just not into it, man. That dude's. Too be too busy tweeting porn stars and stuff, man. So <laughs> watch him get some NFL GM fired next year because <laughs> he has so many tools. Where somebody is going to be like, we can't mess with this kid. He has an arm. He can run. You know who it's going to be? The Browns. Probably. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> <laughs> They'll they'll take him number one overall. <laughs> oh man, that would be a good. See, one. They'll see something in him at the combine. Yeah, I definitely see that he's that quarterback that's going to get somebody fired. Hey, if 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 the Browns would take Johnny Manziel, why would they not take Chad Kelly? <laughs> sure, man, I look I look at Chad Kelly. I just see Jay Cutler. <laughs> Somebody with every tool, but just will never put it together. At least, at least Cutler has a missile of an arm, though. <laughs> Jack Kelly's is not bad. He can make yeah, pretty much any NFL true. throw you want. That's it's, true. Cutler does have a cannon, but 
I mean, he's just not there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 